You are listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From August 18th, 2019 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13, as translated in the New Revised Standard Version. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Today we are on the third of four of our four-part series that I'm calling The Four Secrets of Life Abundant. And so week one, we talked about the pathway to peace. And I suggested that if you can banish worry, then you can embrace peace. And then last week, we talked about the journey to joy. I suggested that if you could banish darkness, that you could embrace joy. And this is from Philippians chapter 4 and some of the teachings that Paul has offered to his friends at the church at Philippi. Now, I gave practical suggestions. I'll, I like to give you something practical to do to, you know, kind of embody some of the things, the spiritual truths that I try to convey. And so in the first week, I said banish worry and embrace peace and that you could banish worry perhaps that when you start to worry about that thing that you worry about, that you could stop and begin to pray for someone else in the church. And we traded worries, didn't we? We wrote down our worries and then we swapped. And then last week, I suggested that as you are on the journey to joy, that um, if you could banish darkness, that would be a way to joy for you. And one way to banish darkness, I suggested, was to give up cable news. And some of you were like... Cable news! No! Don't take my cable news! And it, and it's, it was interesting. I, I decided that there should be somebody, that, you know how when you're trying to quit cigarettes, there's the patch? Like somebody needs to invent a patch for those trying to wean themselves from cable news. And then Wednesday, I walk into my living room, and there's my husband watching cable news. I looked at him as if I just caught him with another woman. <laughs> and I said, A2 Brute. <laughs> I speak a little French. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're talking about the conduit to contentment. 
Aren't you pleased with my alliteration? I was pretty proud of all that. The conduit to contentment. Let's remind ourselves again part of what Paul is saying to his favorite church, a church at Philippi. He's so happy when he's writing this letter. He loves these people. He said, I've learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The conduit to contentment. Now, as I'm reading the scripture and studying it, you ever argue with scripture? You ever kind of find yourself reading the Bible and kind of being like, yeah, right. <laughs> well, this week I argued a little bit with the Apostle Paul. I said, contentment, huh? Paul, you don't, I kind of, I've read a little bit of your works, and you don't seem very content. Well, just a few verses before you wrote this, you weren't content with Euodia and Syncate for their argument and causing conflict in the church. And, and just a few verses before that, you wrote, I press on towards the goal. That doesn't sound like contentment. That sounds like striving. So I argued with Paul a little bit. But guess who won? Paul, yeah. <laughs> because I realized in continuing to read that there, there was a discontentment, a malcontentedness, if you will, from Paul. But that every time he seemed, seems to be malcontent, as he's writing to the church at Philippi and his other letters, he's malcontent when it comes to the gospel. He's always striving when it comes to the gospel, but he's perfectly content with whatever life circumstance he finds himself in, in that striving. He's content when it relates to material things, with life, with the various things that we deal with in life, being well-fed or hungry, having plenty or being in want. None of that matters. He's content when it comes to those things. And I would suggest that, like Paul, we should also be malcontent when it comes to the gospel. That we shouldn't be content when it comes to recognizing injustice, when it comes to seeing the weak trampled under the feet of those who are strong. We should be malcontent. But what's the secret then to his contentedness when it comes to everything else? Because I find myself pretty malcontent when it comes to the ordinary things of life. And so Paul's secret, how did he say it? I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little and I know what it is to have plenty. The secret in that contentedness, contentment, is to be content with material things. Because our minds, if we are fixed on eternal things, then the things of this world, they don't have as much value in our lives. There's a story about a little girl, I think she was eight years old, her name was Natalie. And Natalie was, had listened to on the radio, there was a fiery evangelist preaching on the radio, and after she had listened to that, she turned to her six-year-old brother, Max, 
And she said, Max, do you know Jesus? And Max, being interested in his, the spin that his big sister would take on the whole thing, said, no, I don't know Jesus. And she said, well, sit down, because this is pretty scary stuff. Then she presented the gospel to her little brother in only the way an eight-year-old girl could present the gospel. And after she was done presenting the gospel, she posed the big question, so Max, when you die, do you want to go to heaven and be with God and Jesus and Mommy and Daddy and me, or do you want to go to hell with the devil and bank robbers? And Max thought about it for a second. He said, you know, I think I want to stay right here. There's something to be said for recognizing that right here is pretty okay. This moment is just fine. That in this moment, there's, I don't see anybody having cardiac arrest or anything right now that I can tell here right now, you're doing okay, aren't you? Now, if you think about two weeks ago or Two weeks from now, that's when we start to worry and to stress and to be malcontent. Contentment comes from recognizing that God has placed us in this moment, in this place, in this time, and right now, right here, everything's okay. Now, food Food is a moment on the lips, forever on the hips. Believe me, I know this. (laughs) Fleeting pleasure. If you're like me, sometimes you use food to fill whatever that void is that most of us fill if we're human. You You can fill that emptiness, that void, with lots of things that are just fleeting pleasures. You can try to fill it with relationships. And then the relationship ends, someone dies, or there's a break. You can try to fill that emptiness with chemicals, with drugs, with alcohol, but then when that buzz wears off, you're just looking for another buzz. You can try to fill that emptiness with wealth, with lots of material things, but how was it that guy said to me, wealthy guy, he said, you know, I thought I owned all of these things. It turns out they just own me. You can try to fill that void, that emptiness with success and with power, but there's always going to be somebody more successful than you, more powerful. You can try to fill that emptiness with just keeping yourself busy, kind of manic, go, 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 until your body tells you you can't do that anymore and you burn out. You can try to fill that emptiness with lots and lots of knowledge, but sorry to tell you, there's always going to be someone smarter than you. Richard Rohr suggests that one criteria on the path of spiritual growth is suffering. I wish he weren't right. I've argued with him mentally, too. I've said there's got to be another way to grow spiritually without suffering. He calls it necessary suffering. And that makes some sense to me, and I think he's right. And I want you to think about the Apostle Paul Once again, I want to remind you where he is when he's writing this joyful letter to the church at Philippi. He's in jail. He's in chains. And yet he is content with his surroundings. He is happy as a lark to write to his good friends. 
He's known his share of suffering. When we first meet Paul in the book of Acts, we see him being blinded by a great light. He lost his eyesight. And then he uh, was hated by Christians as he was trying to become a leader amongst the Christians. The Christians were terrified of him. They hated him. But then before long, the Romans hated him and shunned him, and now he's in chains. He's in prison. He had a thorn in the flesh that nobody understands exactly what that was, but something that gave him suffering his whole life through. Paul knew his share of suffering. And yet despite that suffering, he had found the secret to contentment. Paul wrote at the end of the section I read to you that the secret of being content I can do all things, he wrote, through Christ who gives me strength. Food, fleeting. Relationships, fleeting. Wealth, material things, fleeting. Success and power, he knew his share of that, gone, fleeting. I can do all things, he writes, through Christ who gives me strength. And so I'm going to invite you today that if you're facing some sort of cloud of darkness that just won't let you go, that you remember the words of the Apostle Paul and hear him speak to you from across the generations that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, and so can you. My dear friends Lisa and Bill, they, have a, 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 they had a little girl named Kaylee, Kaylee's an adult now, but Kaylee was about four years old when they were trying to teach Kaylee to memorize scripture. And one night before bed, they sat down beside Kaylee by her bed and, and were beginning to teach her this scripture from Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so they began to give it to her slowly so she could absorb it. And they, they looked at little Kaylee and they said, I can do all things... To which Kaylee said, by myself. <laughs> That's kind of the opposite of what Paul is getting at here. That when we are weak, that's when we become strong. When we cede our attachment to, to this earth and the material things that come with it, then we become dependent on God and that's where we find our strength. It's counterintuitive. From the time we're four, we want to be independent, and yet the path to spiritual growth is to give up that independence and become dependent on God and God's strength. Today, I want to give you a practical tip, something you can do as you work your way on the conduit to contentment. Today, in your bulletin, you found a little bookmark I invite you to pull that out. Psalm 121. Will you read it with me? I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, 
he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. My invitation for you this week as you seek to learn the conduit to contentment is to pull this out and read it every day. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, maybe before you go to sleep at night. Think about the psalmist and how content the psalmist was to simply cast his eyes upon the hills, the source of his strength, and I would suggest the source of your strength as well. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.